our hearts break, but we shouldn't be surprised by what's going on because it's in this book, right? And so it's, it's as if we're seeing the end times unfold before our very eyes. Like these are the things that are spoken of in this book. And that's why we want to be students of the Bible because we can be so concerned and have so much anxiety and fear in this world. But as you study this book, it unpacks actually what will happen. And we continually see throughout the life of of Jesus and, and throughout things that unfold before us, the prophecies fulfilled. And that's what we want to do. We, we want to get into this book today because this is actually what can help us win the war for our mind. It wasn't a surprise to the Lord that these things would be going on, that war would be going on. And when we had prescripted that we were going to do a series on winning the war, of our mind. And so it's very pertinent for us. And, and one of the questions people ask is, okay, with one of the, the most advanced militaries and greatest intel, how could this war happen and people not be aware of it? And I'm sure that that will be um, debated and deliberated on and discussed for years to come. But I do want to say that it's very prophetic for us as Christians because so many Christians don't understand that they're in a war, that we have a real enemy. The Bible says this in 1 Peter 5, 8, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Point one today, I want to encourage you to take notes. We're going to go through uh, eight points very quickly. But point one is we are at war. We are at war. Listen to what scripture says in 2 Corinthians 10. For though we live in the world... We do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What does that mean? It means the primary place that we are at war is in our minds with the thoughts that are waged against us. The enemy is known as the accuser of the brethren. So day and night, he's bombarding you with antagonistic thoughts, with shameful thoughts, with sensual thoughts, with temptation thoughts. There is a war constantly going on on at you. And so it's not just, hey, I'm having a bummer day. No, you actually need to know there's an enemy that wants to destroy you. But here's some, some great news, is that God has equipped you with everything you need to not just make it through the war, but be victorious in the war. Now, I don't, I don't think I need to convince anyone that these are challenging times, and there's a, a battle going on for all our minds. The latest Gallup pulse showed that we're in the lowest time for mental health. Actually, the latest CDC uh, uh, study showed that among young people that... Persistent feelings of sadness and hopelessness rose from 26% of all young people in the early 2000s to 44% now. And it's even more appalling for college students. The highest it's ever been, college students actually reporting mental health issues. This isn't ones that are just dealing with them, but actually ones that went to medical professionals is at 50%. And so it's no surprise that Suicide is skyrocketing like never before. That uh, eating disorders 
are higher than they've ever, they've ever been before. That substance abuse is, is greater than it's ever been before. And so every week you're watching TV or you're, you're looking online and you're seeing different prescriptions that people are trying to do to help us with our mental health. So, I mean, I feel like every, every week I see some, some new, uh, new, like, natural thing, like, eat these beet pills, or, or have this new supplement, or this new thing, and, and those are all great, you know, uh, those are awesome, but this will enhance your memory, or this will make you, uh, this will help with your mental acuity, and then what you're seeing every week is a, a, a new medicine to help fight this mental issue or that mental issue. And, and I'm, I'm thankful for those things. And, and, and maybe the most staggering is we've moved from what would have been once just seen as science fiction to, to now it's becoming a reality. Uh, in the spring, Elon Musk's company, Neuralink, just got FDA approval for a uh, uh, test on humans, not just monkeys or pigs anymore, but on humans for the chip that would be placed in your brain to give you a super brain. Have you seen this? Have you, look, have you looked at this yet? So super brains, a reality soon. And so there, there's this chip that's been created with a transmitter. Let's go ahead and put on how it works, it's just fascinating. So here's Neuralink, a great little picture of Elon Musk with a chip in his brain. Um, I saw a, an interview with him and he was like, do I have a chip in my brain? Maybe so. Um, but number one, how does it work? The brain consists of special cells called neurons that transmit signals to other cells in the body like our muscles and our nerves. So we all know that, but what happens? How does Neuralink work? Here's the chip up here. It's just tiny like your fingers, and then it has these threads. It says the electrodes of the Neuralink chip are able to read the signals, the electrical signals of your brain, which are then translated into motor control. So I, I watched a video on this this week, and it showed a monkey playing a video game, playing Pong. That was my first video game. Thank you very much. Dates myself a little. Uh, but playing Pong with just its mind. Number three, this could control external technologies like computers or smartphones or bodily functions like muscle movement. So there's all kinds of ethical questions and there's all kinds of like spiritual questions with this. But my point is this, that there is a desire in humans to have an enhanced mind, to have more control over our mind, to rise above our challenges and our pain. And here's what I want to tell you as believers, you are given a gift that's far greater than any neural link chip. You're thinking, wow, a, a, a chip where you could actually have access to the World Wide Web. What if you could have something in your mind that gave you access to the World Wide God? And so scripture says this, it says this, that you have the mind of Christ. Wait, wait, what, what in the world does that mean? Like scripture says you have the mind of Christ. So is, is that just some nice metaphorical thing? You know, is that like you have the mind of Christ, like you have peace like a river and uh, you have fire in your bones. You know, is that just a metaphor or is that actually a scientific thing? Like last week when these people got baptized, you know, and you didn't see them from underwater, someone was actually extracting their brain and putting a new one in their brain and they came out of the water, you know, and what does it mean to have the mind of Christ? 
I want to dive into the, the chapter of Scripture where it unpacks that. But first, let me just give you my experience with walking into this. When I was 18 years old, I went off to, to college, and what I, what I noticed is that I was fighting such mental battles. Mental battles are common to all people, but there's times in our lives where we're experiencing them very acutely. And so I noticed that I was really dealing with anxiety. Um, I was really dealing with anxiety of, can I make the grades? Like, can I, can I actually pass? And, and can I actually make good grades? And, and then what am I going to do? What am I going to, what am I going to be? In life, and is is it going to be fulfilling? And what how what how should I choose my career? And then, do people like me? Am I accepted? Like all these these thoughts about am I going to actually be accepted? And can I be secure? And even more important, do girls like me? And I, I would deal with so much anxiety that I actually felt it physically in me. I don't know if you've actually dealt with so much anxiety that you felt it in your body. You know you're. Your body's tense. I would, be, I would often be nauseous and feel that physically. And it started driving me crazy. And you know, I had a Bible in my room. And for the first time, I, I read this scripture, the first time I ever noticed it, that said, do not be anxious about anything. I thought, how, how is that possible? Because I'm anxious about everything. Do not be anxious about anything. And so for the, for, the, for the first time, I memorized a scripture because I wanted to. Not because I was, I, I, three years in elementary school, three of my, my illustrious elementary school career, I was in a, a Christian school, and so they made us memorize scripture for quizzes. And then I went to a church growing up, and so I memorized scripture for gold stars. I don't know if we still, I think we give out stickers now for memorized scripture. I'm so thankful we did that, but this was the first time I actually memorized a scripture because I wanted to. And it was, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, submit your request to God with thanksgiving. And the peace that transcends all human understanding, it transcends all human understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So I memorize that, and how I memorize things is just saying those words over and over again. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be but in everything, but in everything. And as I would say them, I started noticing that as I said this scripture aloud, it started having a physical effect on me. And then I noticed whenever I was anxious, I would start praying this scripture out loud. And I started noticing that it was almost like there was an insulation that was going on in my mind. I actually felt kind of like taking a Tylenol and it started numbing the pain. It was like the scripture was numbing in a healthy way the anxiety. Have you ever experienced that? Where you're like, wait, this, the, and that's why the scripture says it's, it's living and active. The scripture is not just like reading another book. It's not like just reading a textbook or reading a, a, an internet site. There's actually something living and active about it. And I started noticing something was guarding my mind. And so I, I got really focused on, I want actually my mind to be affected by Christ. Now, here are my points today. First of all, you got to understand you are at war. You are, point one is we are at war. But point two is this, that the, the, the primary battlefield of the war is your mind. So believer, every day there is a war going on for your mind. But point three 
is this that you have something far more powerful than Neuralink because you have the greatest weapon on the planet, which is the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. Let's jump into this chapter that explains the mind of Christ. So we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So really focus with me because it's going to unpack this. It says, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, and so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. Now that's just crazy because Paul was known as one of the greatest intellectual giants of the day. And he says, I didn't come to you with human wisdom or eloquence. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that's been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things that God has revealed to us by his spirit. So let's dissect this even more. The mind of Christ, this is point four, the mind of Christ is not mere human wisdom. In this day and age we live in, people glorify wisdom and they think whoever has the most knowledge has the most power, right? And, and this actually started in the Enlightenment with Francis Bacon. He said, knowledge is power. This was in the, the scientific uh, revolution. He was the Lord Chancellor of England. He said, knowledge is power. And many people think that. Many of the world's rulers think that. If we can just control knowledge, we could be the elite and we can govern all the ignorant masses. And the Bible is saying, actually, the wisdom of God far supersedes this. Now, what I'm not saying is that, that, that human wisdom isn't impressive. I remember the first time I was ever just in awe of, 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 of someone just with eloquent words. I did this thing called Boys State. It was with the American Legion. Uh, it's, in, it's in every state. And they go around and they, they pick several leaders from each high school. So I was selected. And you go and you, you learn how to do government. So they put you in these cities and someone runs from mayor. I was the mayor of Hill City. Uh, thank you very much. And, uh, but that wasn't a big deal because what you really want to do is run for the higher offices like Congress or Senate. And then the the, the apex was the person who ran for governor. So I remember all of us were gathered. We were in the Capitol building in Austin, Texas. And, and it's, it's the whole uh, group of us listening to the guys running for governor. I don't know if you've ever heard someone that just puts you in awe by how they spoke. This young man gets up and the, the cadence that he would uh, use with his words, it was enchanting. You were mesmerized by it. And his word choice was exquisite. And his timing was impeccable. And his phrases, they were just glorious. And I remember by the end, when it was time to vote for a governor, we were all like, I mean, almost unanimous. We just, 
voted for this guy. And when someone's like that, you just feel so small. You're like, what's wrong with my mind? Like, why can't I do that? And I remember walking out going like, man, that was the most powerful thing. And I started trying to recount, like, what? Yeah, what did he say? I have no idea. I couldn't remember one thing about why, because it was just earthly knowledge. And that's why the Bible says, don't be conformed any longer to the pattern in this world, but be transformed. You see, godly wisdom actually transforms us. So we're not talking about just having more knowledge. We're not talking about human wisdom. The point five is this, the mind of Christ relies on the power of God. Okay, so I further learned this when I went on my first mission trip to, to Juarez, Mexico, when I was a junior in college. Now, ashamedly, I was very prideful. So I told you about my beginning you know, steps of really trying to walk with God. By the time I was a junior in college, I was a religion and theology major at my, at my college. So I had studied so much theology. I'd been in all these religion classes. I had even studied the original language, Greek. Semesters of Greek. And so when I was going on this mission trip, I thought I was God's gift to this mission trip. And there were like 250 students going, and I looked down on the little peon freshman on the trip. I mean, I was like, you don't know anything. I, I know the original language that this was written, and I am going to be used so powerfully. And, and I remember getting down on that trip, and I was like, some of them, they've just, they've just come to Jesus. Like, they've just made decisions to follow Jesus. Like, how could they be used? And I remember going out on the streets, and then we were doing two things. We were laying hands on the sick and praying for them to be made well, and then we were sharing the gospel. And no one I prayed for, nothing happened to them. But even more, like, I had even memorized. I had gone so far as to memorize this track, and they said, share the track, and if you have a translator, share a little of your story. And I would share, and I would, I would talk, and I would try to be so eloquent, and at the end, I would ask people if they wanted to receive Christ, and of course, they'd answer me in, in, in their Spanish and say, no. <laughs> and I'd be like, what, no? And, and the, the crazy thing is we'd come back at the end of the night, and all these freshmen would be like, and this person gave their life to Jesus, and this person got healed. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, don't you know that I know theology? <laughs> we get to the fourth day of the trip. So that was Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, that's five days. And, um, and the pastor's talking about where Paul says, I didn't come with wise and persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And he said, we need the Spirit's power to see lives transformed. And if you're ready for the Spirit's power, come up front and, and, and let's pray for you. And I, I came up there and God touched me. I'm not talking about just some head thought. I'm talking about like physically in my body. I felt the power of God rush through like electricity going through me. I, I, I didn't even know you could experience that. And that night, I go out on the streets, and a, a hunchback man came up to me. His, his stomach, he explains that for 20 years, he's been dealing with intestinal problems. His back was hunched over. And the exact same prayer I had prayed earlier that week, and I had so little faith, but I just said, oh, God, you please heal this guy. And all of a sudden, the power of God hits, God just hits this man. And his back just starts going pop, 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 pop. And he stands up straight. And I look, and there are people with their eyes like, like saucers looking, their jaws drop. And then I go, um, did you see that? They're like this. And I said, now this is Jesus who died for you. Do you want to give your life to Jesus? 
C. That means yes. I learned that day what Paul said. I didn't come with wise and persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on man's wisdom, but God's power. And what I'm talking about today is not just you becoming a little more wise in the world and a little more well-read. I'm talking about the power of God being on your mind, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead actually being on your mind. He said this, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ. Point six. Now the mind of Christ possesses a godly wisdom. Listen to this. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age. Watch this next phrase. Who are coming to nothing. Do not be impressed with the kings of this age and the presidents of this age and the, the celebrities that wow us and the influencers that dazzle us. The Bible says this, that they will dry up and be like a blade of grass that's blown away by the wind. I love what Jason said last week as he finished our unconditional series. He said, you should never, as a believer, envy a non-believer. Because though they might seem to have the millions and billions of dollars and, and, and all the power in the world, in a moment their life will be done. But what does the scripture say? It says this, no, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that's been hidden and that God destined for our glory. The simplest, the poorest person in the kingdom of God, the glory on them will outshine all of the celebrities of the world for eternity. However, this is 1 Corinthians 2.9, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen or no ear has heard, what no mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him, the things that God has revealed to us by his spirit. You see that? No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived the things that God has prepared for those who loved him. Do, do you know what God has prepared for you as you love him? Do you understand? Believe Like this is what your mind needs to lock on. Have you ever been on a road trip? I'm not talking about, like, I'm not talking about a long road trip. I'm not talking about San Diego to LA. You're like, oh yeah, we went on that crazy drive. Actually, we went all the way up to San Luis Obispo. Uh, I, I'm not even talking about driving to Las Vegas. I'm talking about, I, Steph and I went on a, uh, it was either 21 or 23 hour drive. And when you're doing that, your body starts feeling it. Like, you know, you're, if you're driving, your shoulders start getting tense and your posterior starts, starts feeling it and your, your body starts getting all, and then your mind gets antsy, you're like, am I ever going to finish? And, but you know what? That, that, that 21-hour trip, it didn't phase me and stuff because of what was prepared for us. An all-expense trip paid to Disney World. <laughs> the Magic Kingdom was, had been prepared for us. So for the joy set before us, can I, can I tell you, 
believer, what you have set before you is infinitely greater than the magic kingdom. You got to wrap your mind around this because so many of us are lost in the journey. Like the, 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 the driving there is, you're driving to get to the destination and God is saying, you haven't seen, no mind is even conceived on earth what I have in store. And if you can lock your mind in on the new heavens and the new earth that is your inheritance, you can make it, your mind can make it through the pain of this life. Point seven, only got one more after this. Point seven, through the gift of the Holy Spirit, we are given a new mind in Christ. So let's finish this chapter. These are the things, this is 1 Corinthians 2.10, these are the things that God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God, except the Spirit of God. You know, I, growing up, I was like, can you really know God? God doesn't want you to just know him. He wants you to even know his thoughts. So watch what watch, watch the scripture says. What we've received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. That is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolish and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgment about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. I was talking to Steph the, the, this weekend, and, you know, we're watching these horrible wars, and, and the, the, you know, Russia's coming in to Ukraine, and now the, this morning the paper's saying that Iran is coming and, and joining the war, and Al-Qaeda's joining the war against Israel, and, 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 and you see, you read all the things that are going on in, 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 in the world and all the pain, and I was telling Steph, God, Steph, can you imagine not being a believer in Jesus and not having the Bible at this time? Like, how horrible would that be to not understand? Because we actually, when these things happen, they're so heartbreaking, but we already know they're going to happen. Like, we're not surprised that there's conflict in the Middle East. We're not surprised when we get persecuted. Like, because we know this is going to happen. But so many times we go through, through our life and, and we get bombarded with these crazy thoughts, these, these shameful thoughts or things don't go, I mean, things don't go like we want them to go and there's just a war in our mind and we just let it take over instead of putting on the mind of Christ. The, the scripture says this, men and women, it says, but Romans 13, 14, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Or here's how it says it in the NLT, I love it. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, now some of you were totally following my science illustrations, but some of you were like, come on, man, I'm a jock, I don't get this. Can you hand me that? This is for you. When, when, when my son, my first son decided to play tackle football, I was like, dang it. 
Because I, I almost died playing, playing football. So I was so excited when we moved to California because I was like, there are actually other sports in California besides football, unlike Texas. And so I was so excited. And then, of course, the sport he loved the most was football. And so I'm like, but you know it's dangerous for your mind? Like, people's brains get beat up. And so what did we do? We said, well, if you're going to play, then we're going to get you a good helmet. So this is actually science and football coming together right here in this helmet. Because it's, it's scientifically made, and then there's, there's actually gel, and I actually took out one of the things in here that puts even more gel and air around it. And so what did we do? We said, if you're going to go out there, you're not going out there unequipped. You need to put on, put on Christ. You would never let your son, or your daughter now, go out into tackle football without a helmet on. That would be insane to let them go and fight the fight of football without a helmet. Put down your phones. Stop taking pictures of me. It's about putting on Christ. Put down. I'm kidding. You can take it. Um, I've totally lost my train of thought. It's so important that if someone gets their helmet ripped off in the game, they actually stop the play and they send that person off. They don't let you just stay in that play. They send you off the field to make sure that you get your helmet back on and your chin strap, strapped in and your mouthpiece put in because you need to have your brain protected. But we go into life in the war of life without putting on Christ. Are you following me? So every day, I, I, I first spend time in the Word, okay, I, and, and, I, and I wash my mind. The, the Bible says through the uh, washing in, in Ephesians 5, we wash our minds through the water of the Word. Now, let me just say that, and we'll, we'll dive more into this in this, in this uh, scripture, but uh, in this, in this uh, series we're in. But if you went to work every day without taking a shower, you would be offensive to your coworkers because you need a washing. But yet we don't think about how your brain and your mind needs to be washed by the word of God so your mind and your thinking is not stinky. But then after I do that, here's what I do every day. I go up and, I, and, and all my, my prayer times with the Lord, I, I put on every day, I lay hands on my head and I say, Lord, I put on the mind of Christ. Give me the mind of Christ, it is my inheritance, so that my mind is protected. And Lord, what is the mind of Christ? I, I don't wanna have one thought in my mind that's not in your mind. Can I just say that again? I'm like, Lord, in the, the mind of Christ is only what is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. In the mind of Christ, there is not fear. There is not terror. There is not lust. There is not greed. There is not hatred. So, Lord, I don't want one thought in my mind that's not in your mind. Do you understand that's your inheritance in Christ? boy. We need to daily put on the mind of Christ. So much more powerful than a tiny little implant in your head with 64 leads and only 1,034 electrodes is the living God. 
covering your mind, renewing your mind, empowering your mind. And so this weekend, as a preacher, you always have to live out your messages. And so this weekend was a challenging weekend. There was plenty of news that was not encouraging. There were plenty of circumstances that were trying to stress me out. And so I'm laying in bed last night, and I look over at, at, at my, my bedside uh, table, and I see a book about the goodness of God. I'm like, you know what? I need that right now because all my circumstances aren't good right now. So I want to read about just how God He's always good. And in it, I open it up, and it talks about David and how David, you know, he was this great king and wrote all these great psalms and conquered all these wars and and established the beautiful city of Jerusalem. But what he's most known for is a man who delighted in the presence of God, who was hungry for the presence of God. And, And right there in bed, I just started thanking the Lord, thank you that your presence is real. Thank you that I can have your presence. And in that moment last night, with all these challenges going on, all these abilities to have anxiety, I'm just laying there, and I started tasting again the presence of God. In the midst of the trials, in the midst of the, the things that could make me, make me anxious. And just, I, I, I just, I lay there, and I was like, ooh, I'm so cozy. Like, this is so comforting. There's no place else, there's nothing, I'd, no place else I'd rather be in the world than in your presence. Do you know that you can put on, it's, that this is what the scripture says in Romans 13. It says, instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Believer, your inheritance is for your mind to be clothed with the presence of Christ, and therefore you have the mind of Christ. Let's stand up.